Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Media Boat Podcast. Hey, hey, hey. It is December the 11th, 2021. This is episode 309. 309? 309? 309. 309, and I'm giddy feeling up, fine. Giddy up, giddy up. Save that, for, save that for 409. We'll get there. Yeah, that's in like two years. <laughs> <laughs> I will forget by then. <laughs> Hi, uh, this is the Media Boat Podcast. If you don't know what the Media Boat Podcast is, we are a podcast that talks about movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order, but some order of those four things. My name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. Yeah. We are a Media Boat Podcast, and we got some thoughts for you. We got some end of the year thoughts coming yeah. up. Yeah. It's end of the year list time as well. Yeah. Um, so let's get right into it then. Real quick before we start the show, as he mentioned, it's your end of the year list time. And so if you are a podcast subscriber or somebody who has listened to the show for a few years, you know that that means it is time for our lists as well. We have special 2021 wrap-up podcasts already in our podcast or coming to you soon in your podcast feeds where we break down the year in music, television, video games, and movies. Not in that order, but in some sort of order of that. Um, and yeah, talk about the year that was and talk about our top five favorites, as well as choosing one each to be our favorite thing of the year. You can listen to those on our feed, so just check that out. In the meantime, though, this will be a regular-ass episode. We'll continue giving you regular episodes every week to the end of the year and beyond, so get ready for that. So let's start off with what we always start off with on our regular shows, which is movies. And we start movies, as always, with the weekend box office numbers. Our number one movie again this week is Disney's Encanto with another $13 million. That's at $58 million total domestic. Crawling through the season here, but maybe it'll get a pickup for Christmas? I mean, that's the hope that's going to get a pickup for Christmas yeah. is that it's at 58 Otherwise, I think people right. just might be waiting for streaming. I guess so. It's a weird, weird time uh, with Omicron, the Nomad Soul. I mean, Omicron. Omicron. Freaking out everybody. Yes. So we'll see uh, if people are ready to res- uh, return to the theaters quite yet. Number two, Ghostbusters Afterlife with another $10 million. That did pass that $100 million mark. It's at 102 right now. Yes, it did. Number three, House of Gucci, another $7 million. $33 million, respectable for an Oscar bait film. Yep. Number four, Christmas with the Chosen, colon, The Messengers, which is your... Uh, Christian bait. <laughs> yes, your Christian bait film. Which is uh, $4.2 million debut this week. And then rounding out your top five, Eternals hanging in there with another $4 million. That's at one fifty six. Hey, Not I bad. think uh, it's creeping up to Black Widow numbers. Yeah, it, it probably will do yep. okay. If you're looking forward to big releases this week, well, there's one big and one small for you. West Side Story, Steven Spielberg's adaptation of the film, of the musical uh, uh, yes. classic, yes. is finally in theaters this week. Uh, pr- like Early screenings happened on Thursday night, so if you know somebody who's obsessed, they've probably already seen this. Um, I'll be talking about it a <laughs> we'll bit later. Get there later. But for now, also in theaters, National Champions, which is that movie you talked about last week, is actually coming out this week? Yes. Okay. Um, about... Of NCAA players playing yeah. in the national championship game, yes, but also dealing with um, not being paid, and it's that whole um, yeah. was it based inspired by true life true events, true but life not events. actual true life yes. events, not actual co- college players, but kind of like those college players. They're, they're dealing with the same type of themes, yes. So, it starts J.K. Simmons, J.K. 
So yeah, uh, that's available as well if you're not in a musical mood and you'd rather watch some football. That's also there. Another week to wait until Spider-Man, so just hold your spider horses until then. But for now, let's move on out of the uh, new releases and into the movie news this week. We start with, hey, as you mentioned, it's list season and the AFI, American Film Institute, not uh, that band, um, has their (laughs) favorite movies of the year. Although, I wouldn't be surprised if the band also has the same list. Let's talk about their favorite favorite movies of the year. Coda, which was on Apple, uh, which of course is that um, uh, about the uh, family of of a deaf person. Uh, Don't Look Up, which was on Netflix. That's that Adam McKay satire. Dune, of course, which is Dune. King Richard, uh, which is the Warner Brothers movie about the father uh, with Will Smith, the father of the... the, um, William's sisters. sisters. Licorice Pizza, the upcoming um, PT, uh, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson film. No, not Paul Thomas Anderson. I do this every time. Paul Am- Anderson. No, yeah, Thomas. you're right. Yeah, it's Paul Th- Thomas. It's not Wes Anderson. Not, not, um, not uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, yes. the Resident Evil guy. Yes. <laughs> That's the two I always Paul Thomas so. Anderson. Uh, Nightmare Alley, the upcoming uh, Guillermo del Toro film. Yep. The Power of the Dog, which you'll talk about in a moment. Tick, Tick, Boom, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. The Tragedy of Macbeth, also on Apple. West Side Story. Uh, and West Side Story. And West Side Story. <laughs> yep, which just came out this week. So yeah, a smattering of things we've either already seen or will see soon. Yep. Um, not going to say this is how it's going to shape our films, of, no. for what we've seen from films <laughs> of the year. Uh, spoiler alert, it won't. <laughs> but yeah, that's... But if you're looking list. for a... Um, Current guide to potential Oscar buzz. That might be it. Here's where you start. The earliest, earliest hint. Well, this and the Gotham Awards, which we talked yes. about last week. Last week. Meanwhile, on the television side of things, they also made a list of their favorite television programs of the year, including HBO Max's Hacks, Netflix's Made, HBO's Mayor of Easttown, FX's Reservation Dogs, Apple TV Plus's Schmigadoon, doesn't belong on this list, HBO's <laughs> Succession, Apple TV's Ted Lasso, Prime Video's The Underground Railroad, Disney Plus's WandaVision, yeah, yeah. and HBO's The White Lotus. So, again, a list of things we've either already talked about on this podcast during the year. Actually, yeah, I think everything here except for Made and Mayor of Easttown, we watched. Uh, Maybe not Reservation Dogs. Not Reservation Dogs, but we know of Succession, it, so. yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't go on Twitter without hearing something about Succession, somebody's right. opinion about Succession. So, Especially when it trends every Sunday night, Yes, people love Succession. People love Succession. So there you go, that's the NFI's list, not our list. Nope, uh, our list you will receive <laughs> after Christmas. As we talked about. As we talked about. But, in the meanwhile, let's move on to our second story here, which is about upcoming franchise films in the year of our Lord, 2022. You know it's a slow uh, news week. Yeah, when we're talking about next year. Telling you about movies that are coming out that you already know exist. Uh, the current list of movie franchises with real releases currently scheduled for next year include January, we will see Morbius. The Spider-Man, uh, Michael Morbius, vampire, yeah. vampire spinoff. Yeah, mm, I don't know about that one. February, we'll see the uh, movie adaptation of the video game franchise Uncharted. Uh, starring Tom Holland. Yeah, Tom Holland. And Mark Spider-Man. Wahlberg. <laughs> yes, weirdly enough, with a weird mustache. Yes. March, we'll see The Batman. Finally, yes. after years and years of talking about this film. Yes, finally talking released. about The Battinson finally yeah. coming to theaters. Robert Battinson. 
in April, we will see uh, Fantastic Beasts colon Secrets of Dumbledore. The next Fantastic Beasts film, sans Johnny Depp. Yep. And as well as Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which uh, if you watched the Game Awards this past Thursday night, you saw the first official trailer for. It looks like another Sonic movie. I don't want to blow anybody's mind here. This looks like the Sonic movie you want to see and not the one you saw last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a combination of that and maybe some other Sonic E things that you missed out. Yes. Well, yeah, still, nah, still not interested. You're still not, still interested. not interested. I don't even like Sonic that much. May <laughs> will bring you Doctor Strange Multiverse Madness, as well as Top Gun Maverick, finally, after being delayed an entire year. Two years. Two I years, think. yeah. That was a 2020 release. John Wick 4, the newest of the John Wick films. Yep. Super and Super Pets. Yep, uh, that's the animated yes. uh, Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart. Right, which we saw. pair them up and you'll get box office. Yeah, you saw the trailer for that during the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, if you watched that. Yep. In June, we'll see Jurassic Park Dominion. Finally, a follow-up to that cliffhanger they left us on on the yes. last Jurassic Park film. That first trailer uh, released <laughs> earlier. Yep. And uh, Disney's Lightyear, which we have to remind you, is not based on the toy, it's based on the person that the toy was based on. Yes. Thank you. July <laughs> will bring us, that will never get old to me. July will bring us Thor, Love and Thunder, the anticipated sequel to Thor Ragnarok. Yes. And and Black Adam, the not so anticipated uh, uh, next film in the no, DCU. Also starring Dwayne Johnson. Though. Yes. Too much Dwayne Johnson, if you ask me. And October will bring us part one of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which, man, we should talk about right now. Since we recorded last week, we have seen the trailer for it. So holy the shit. The trailer dropped last Saturday <laughs> yes. after we recorded. And it kicks all kinds of ass. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It's really cool. They're going for even more experimental animation mm-hmm. with its uh, universe-hopping style. I'm looking forward to this yep. thing. Um, and what part the- one, suggesting there will be a part two. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up, is that this is an animation film already calling out that it's a part one of a part two, potentially part three. Outside of anime, this does not happen. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting to see an American animation studio going for something this ambitious. But honestly, we'll see anything that this studio does with Spider-Man and Spider-Verse. So we'll see it. We'll be there day one. I mean, this is from Sony Animation 2, the people who did uh, Mitchells vs. the Machines this year. Yes. Which it did so good on streaming, it got a theatrical release. <laughs> yeah, so we will definitely be seeing this when it comes to theaters next October. Then in November, The Flash, which is the film, not the television version of the character. Yep. Which is based, uh, according to your leaks, it's going to be based on The Flash Paradox. And yeah. Supposed to set the DC timeline right this time. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And then also, uh, the also anticipated... Black Panther Wakanda Forever. But I'm going to put a massive asterisk on this one. And the reason why is because, don't be surprised if this slips. Due to the contentious problems they're having with star Letitia Wright. And whether or whether or not she's going to actually be ready to film. Right. Uh, She hurt herself, went back to the UK. Right. And was unable to leave the UK to continue filming. On top of that, also, there's conversation about her not necessarily being uh, vaccinated against COVID. So, which is why she can't leave. Which is also why she can't film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's that's why I'm like, yes, it says November 2022. Don't be surprised if that's a 2023 film. Right. Then finally, in December of next year, 
supposedly we'll get Avatar 2. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know if that movie exists. I don't know. We're supposed to get it uh, this year. Yep. So. And then Jason, Mom- Jason Mimosa's uh, Returns Bottomless and Aquaman at the last No, Returns Topless. He has the yes. bottoms. He's <laughs> Topless. Right, right. I'm sorry. Do that every time. That is the year to come in franchise films next year. So I guess get excited. I don't know if you like this kind of thing. I've maybe saw one of this entire list that I'm excited for. Others that I will approach with trepidation, including Uncharted. So this whole um, list was not supposed to be a get excited list. It yeah. was a, oh, boy. oh, you thought you were done with franchises? No. No. Here's the studios. Either continue to double down or we're already yeah. in the pipeline saying we're going to make these because these bring in the money. Put huge quotes around yeah. that, by the way. We'll see. We'll see if they still bring in the money in the year no one knows what will happen in 2022. Right. It's also just a big spotlight on the lack of original content. Because yeah. studios are putting their money where the <sighs> franchises are. Where known quantity, known name are. Known yeah, names, known names are. are. We will definitely see what happens. But in the meantime, you saw some movies. And none of these are franchise films. Uh, nope. Uh, one of them is. Well, one of them is maybe trying to be. Question mark. I'll start with Question that mark. one. So, yeah, let's talk about some movies you watched. You watched a bunch. Uh, yes. Uh, I I was able to watch a lot of films. Yeah, I don't know how you Due to circumstances. Oh, circumstances. Yes. Got it. Um, so, first up, I was supposed to talk about this last week, but I one, forgot about it. I watched it until I remembered <laughs> it later uh-huh. uh, while browsing through Disney+. Plus. And two, yes. I wanted to talk about it. Because it's not what it says it is. Starting okay. with Wimpy Kid. Yeah. The new animated um, movie on Disney Plus. Based on the children's book series that yep. is extremely popular. Trust me. A uh, friend of the show, Christy, is a librarian and she says it is the by far the most requested series for uh, tween and early teen uh, boys. Mm-hmm. Love these books. Yes. My big problem with this, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, though... Is that the main character is not Wimpy. <laughs> okay. In fact, he is manipulative. Oh, no. In several of these scenes to his uh, best friend, Rowley. Okay. Who truly is the, the wimpy kid, kid. The wimpiest of the kid. <laughs> so, it's not so much the diary of a wimpy kid. It's more of the diary of middle management hierarchy <laughs> of middle school. So, I'm guessing this is the first time you've encountered anything in the diary of wimpy kid universe. Um... I'm trying to remember if I actually watched like the first like live action film. Yeah, they did two live action Three. films. Three? Wow. Okay. Maybe, maybe four. Okay. Wow. Goes to show you. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so you did not see those. You haven't read any of the books, so this is your first like experience in this universe. Well, this is a universe that I have been, well, not specifically this universe, but the universe that I've been watching across Disney Plus, which is mm-hmm. middle school, high school, right. freshman. I don't know why I keep watching these things. They just keep popping up and I keep watching them. So it sounds like you're experiencing a Peppa Pig-esque or Caillou, its worst, uh, experience here where the hero is not really the hero and you're like, why why is this kid so bad? Yes. Yeah. Because the first thing they have you, they show us is, uh, what's the kid's name? Uh, Wimpy. Wimpy? Yeah. No. No. Um, I actually don't know. Yeah, so main character <laughs> is, like, trying to throw a football at his best friend's head as he rides a bike uh-huh. down a hill. Uh-huh. 
Like, you know it's going to end badly. Oh, yeah. That's already ending very badly. But every time, like, the best friend tries to, like, say, maybe we could change it up or do a better <laughs> beer or do something else. He, the kid's like, no. no, no, we're doing this. It's committing. It's just committing to it. Yeah. Like, like, shut up and listen to me, basically. Jeez. And I'm like, yeah, that's not a wimpy kid right there. I that's admit. a bully. I have to admit. Realistic depiction of junior high. Yeah. In my experience. Except I'm maybe on you know, the other side of that transaction, but still. Right, hang on. <laughs> there, there is the kind of like the adage of there's always a bigger fish, there's always a bigger sure. bully. Absolutely. Sure, I get that. Right. But when your main character, who's supposed to be a wimpy kid, yeah. starts out by basically bullying, bullying the best friend. friend, not just in that, but like trying to, like, and there's a <laughs> Halloween bit in it where it's like, okay, we're going to dress up like, like the best friend's like, oh, we're going to go trick-or-treating, like get candy. And he's like, no, that's baby stuff. We're not doing that. Slap. Oh, no. It's like, oh, like, you're, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to, like, be best friends on this. And yeah. It's, it's like that transition period where you want to be an adult. Right. You want to be taken as grown up and serious. But, like, your friends maybe, I would say holding you back. But, but yeah. still stuck in kid mode. And you're in that weird phase of do I go with like what I want to be or do I still hold on to my childhood? Do you think this is by choice that they're showing this because they want it to be a little bit more realistic? Like, do you think that this is basically saying they're not trying to sugarcoat it for kids? They're trying to be like, no, these are stories about how things actually happened in junior high and that means that no one's really going to be that likable. Sure, but if your main character is already a bully-ish... If the, like the whole title "Diary of a Wimpy Kid" kind yeah. of goes out the window. Do you think though that they that the kids would like this? Do you think for its uh, target audience? Do you think this is fun enough for kids to glom onto? Oh yeah, no. This, this is targeted towards like ki- like kids going into middle yeah. school. Yeah, 13, 12, 12, 13 year olds. Oh, uh, 10, 10, 12 year olds in that kind of zone. Yeah, so I think like fifth grade's ten years. So yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how I that's how I figure everything else out. <laughs> but yeah, it's okay. it's fine. I, I assume they're gonna make more of these because they're animated and they can yeah, they probably plus. can just crank these out. Yeah. They're just gonna crank them out. Yep. There's a lot of books to base their stories on, yes, so there are. they can just keep going. Yep. Okay. Well, talk about some other stuff. Maybe there's something else you, you liked a little better. Uh, something I liked a little better uh, is Halle Berry's new direct <laughs> well, directorial debut. Uh-huh. And starring in, yeah, she's the star in this thing. Okay, uh, Bruised. Oh, so um, originally the script was written for a man's part. Okay, about an MMA fighter who's been out of the ring for three years and goes back into the cage mm-hmm. because they have a kid and they need to support him. And ah. it's like you still have that fight in you. So originally it was written for a, a man's part. Ali Berry took the script and said, you know what? We can make this into a yeah. female-centric car vehicle. And you know what? Yeah. It works. Great. It works really well. Up until the point they actually have her fight. Oh. Um, a lot of good training sequences, a lot of good behind the stuff. But when you get to that third act and you actually have to have her fight, because it's all leads up to just a single fight, that's the part where it kind of falls apart for me. Because... Mm-hmm. In MMA, you're taking essentially a person who's been out of the ring for three years and immediately throwing them into a championship match based on name alone. Yeah. Granted, 
spoilers, it's Rocky 1, essentially, uh-huh. but with MMA. Got it. Uh, also, I like Warrior better, because it told a family story mm. uh, about two brothers, rather than just a single person trying to essentially fight for their life. Yeah. Both in and out of the ring, or the octagon. They're an octagon. It's an, it's octagon. an octagon. Yeah. So, I liked it. I liked what I saw. I liked the directorial debut. I just don't think it hits, pun intended, that hard <laughs> when it comes sure. to the end. Like, all the buildup for it is there. It doesn't land it. But it doesn't quite hit the punch at the end. <laughs> doesn't get that knockout? It doesn't hit knockout wanted? at the end. Uh, yeah. That's cool with Halle Berry, though. Yeah. Branching out a little bit. It might be because I'm, like, comparing it to Warrior there. Sure, yeah, direct comparison. Which is my, like... All-time MMA fighting movie based sure. on. And there's not a whole lot of MMA movies to compare it to. Um, no. <laughs> not yet. Because I'm going to say uh, Kevin James, Here Comes the Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I said there are not, I repeat, there are not that many MMA movies to compare it to. Anyway. So yeah, it's not a big, it's not a populous field. So you're going to get, like, right, even though MMA is a no what. pop becoming, yeah. like, over the past... 15 years of popular sport. And honestly, there should be more, considering that MMA has largely taken the place of boxing to be, like, the fight, like, the professional fighting yes. that most people care about. Right, but you realize that anything based on a true story for mm-hmm. MMA only comes out of the past 20 years. That's true. And so those scripts are probably still... Yeah, we're going to see more and they're, more of They're it. 10 years out. Yeah, as we five see. five to 10 years out for the... Based on true stories or inspired yeah. by. And re- people writing, the writers that are coming of age that grew up with MMA. Yes. Yeah, you're probably right. It's to come, but this is a, an early sign that maybe it's happening already. It's like starting to, the movement is coming. Mm-hmm. Definitely but, an early yeah. sign. I liked what I saw from Halle Berry's cool. uh, directorial, oh, directorial yeah. debut, and I'm excited for Halle Berry to direct more. Maybe she will. Um, on the side note of that, Halle Berry did win the People's Choice Awards Icon mm-hmm. Award. Okay. Um, because she's been around for, like I said, oh, yeah. almost 25 years now. Yeah, she's been a while. Got since like 95, 96-ish. Yeah, somewhere around the She was a Bond girl. Mid to late 90s. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Think back. Like, Halle Berry was at once a Bond girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, comic books and... Catwoman. Uh, oh, forget no, about that. that. Oh, don't judge that up. Don't judge that up. Please move on. Please move on. Please move on. Okay, we'll, we'll go on with Oscar winning yes. Halle Berry. Academy Award winner Halle Berry. Yes, we're not talking about that. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> I saw it in anyway. theater. Can you believe that? I saw that in a theater. Halle Berry? In Catwoman? Yeah, I saw that yeah. in a theater. I don't know why I did that myself. <laughs> and I'm alive, so All right, what else did you watch? Anyways, yeah, that's available on Netflix. It's... Good. Yeah. It's not going to blow you away, but it's like a good, solid film. All right. Now, the next one I'm talking about, also on Netflix. Right. May or may not actually blow you away. (laughs) Because I am still divided on whether I actually liked this film or not. Okay. So, there's a film that keeps coming up over and over again. Yes. Called The Power of the Dog. Yeah. How powerful is this dog? Starring um, Benedict Cumberbatch. Right. Um, and I am stuck on whether this is actually a good <laughs> film or not. Okay. Because <laughs> it's a Western. Uh-huh. Well, okay, it said like 1920s-ish 
in Montana. It's a cross between Brookback Mountain and Call Me By Your Name. Okay. Where it talks about um, cowboy and masculinity and what it means to be the man, the mm-hmm. rancher, the, the cowboy, the yeah. head of the group. But while also dealing with your own inner demons of, well... I like guys, and that's not manly enough, even though I spend all my time around guys. <laughs> right. Yes. And, and, I sh- and I go and jump in the string naked yeah. with the guys. Yeah, with the guys. And we're yeah. all a bunch of guys. Just dudes growing out. We're just dudes growing out, but not like that. <laughs> and I can't tell anyone that, because yeah, that's not seen as manly. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> So, Benedict Cumberbatch and his brother, Jesse Plemons, which look nothing alike, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> they're, no. They're, they're nowhere like No one brothers. looks like Benedict Cumberbatch, though. This, that's the problem, I think, is that he's such a weird-looking dude. Yeah, but to pair him with Jesse Plemons, yeah. who would say, you guys are brothers? Nope. I, one, nope. I don't nope. buy that, too. Nope. Nope. I don't buy that. Nope. Two, Kirsten Dunst is in this thing. Yeah. And she plays the innkeeper with her, uh, who has a son with her, widowed innkeeper. And Benedict Cumberbatch, because he's a man of masculinity, sure. all in all, psychologically tortures both her and the son. Uh-huh. Um, even though she's just trying to do her job. Yeah. So instantly, like, Benedict Cumberbatch is the bad guy in this. Ooh. Sure. But then he comes around because he starts <laughs> taking the kid under his wing. Of course. Like, oh, I'll teach you to be a rancher. I'll teach you to be a man while you're here. I see the same potential in you that I once had in me. Uh-huh. And then the boy straight up uh, has a plot to murder him, though. <laughs> sure. Because he's been torturing his mom, and he wants his mom to like not live with that kind of <laughs> existential fear underneath him. This movie sounds like a lot. It is. <laughs> Already. It is. There's a yeah. lot in this film. Uh-huh. And that's just me trying to tell you the good parts about it. Yeah. Which I have to, like, <laughs> watch and then, like, rethink about it. Because at the end of, like, originally watching this, like, first time through, I had the same thought of, I had the same thought that I had at the end of Call Me By Your Name, mm-hmm. which was, one, did this story actually need to be told? And two, <laughs> what was the purpose of telling the story? Okay. So you mentioned that the, the a lot of the arc here is about grappling with homosexuality versus mas- traditional masculinity. Yes. So you're saying that maybe it doesn't quite pay that off. Like it doesn't feel like that's telling like a story where by the end of it you're like, yes, he did overcome, or like they did prove a point, or there's some sort of point. The, the, the theme. The things are there. The, the tension is there. Yeah. My problem with it is that I'm just want the characters to confront their demons immediately uh-huh. and they're just keep going no mm-hmm. no there's no character arcs no. is what you're saying like nobody goes through a full arc here oh no they go through the character arcs but by the time they actually get to the arc they decide nah that there's like <laughs> it's very quick to pay off yeah it's uh i'm struggling with if i even like this thing it almost sounds like it bites off maybe a little too much more than it can chew and you're just like and it takes so much time running through all the things you have to address. By the time you get to the last 20, you're saying that they kind of don't know how to wrap it up. Essentially, okay. 
uh, I'll spoil and tell you how they wrap it up because <laughs> the way I think that's the way I'm trying with the way they wrap it up is so non sequential that it makes me non consequential. No, no, non sequential. Oh, okay. No, no, there are consequences, <laughs> but the way they come about is just the most happenstance way ever. Okay. So, Barry Cumberbatch sells um, hide. Except he doesn't. Except he doesn't want to sell the hide that he currently has because he wants to make it into rope. Sure. <laughs> Curious, uh, he go, takes boy, boy. Yeah, Barry Cumberbatch takes the boy, boy out into the mountains and bonds with him. Yeah. Um, doing trapper keeper stuff. While they're gone, yeah, adding things to his trapper keeper. Yep. While they're gone, Kirsten Dunst, who becomes drunk because of the, all the bullying that Peter Chandrach has been doing to her, probably also because of all the alcohol and all the alcohol around, um, decides to sell all of his hides to um, passing keepers. To, sure. Because the town needs the money. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Totally makes sense. Also, because like, oh, he's not going to use them. Like, yeah. he's not going to sell them. He has no plan on selling them. I'll sell them, get money for the town. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. While Benedict Cumberbatch is up with the boy doing this trapper keeper stuff, he cuts his hand. Oh. Like, oh, it's just but a flesh wound. <laughs> Until he comes back and realizes that all his like hide is gone. Right. So now he has no hide, no way to make rope. <laughs> but boy has has hide. Okay. He has hidden hide that he's been working oh, on. Okay. Because. He wants to be like him. Right. So he's been secretly... Wait a minute. Doing this wait a minute. Hold on. Though, didn't you also say he was trying to murder him? Oh, that's where it comes in. <laughs> Let's see. This is the confusion that I have with the film. <laughs> he has secret hide that he's been working on. Uh-huh. Except the hide that he cut wasn't from a pure animal. It was from a diseased animal. Okay. So he takes said hide, from, like the, disease, the essentially diseased hide, yeah. and gives it to Benedict Cumberbatch to finish his rope. Mm-hmm. So he's working on this diseased hide with an open wound. Oh no! And that's how he dies because he got infected with anthrax. Oh shit! Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Now, <laughs> did the boy do this on purpose? And the movie lets that be ambiguous. Yes. So it doesn't tell you outright. There's not like a line of dialogue where, or like a shot where the boy is looking and then match shot to cut on his hand. And then the boy goes, no, none of that. It's just like. No, no, no. The shot is him <laughs> looking out um, at his um, mom and then uh, brother Jesse Plemons. Sure. I guess that's Jesse Plemons. Basically grieving the loss of the brother after right. the funeral. And the boy looking at them ominously out the window, <laughs> only to go over to the rope that he's handling with gloves on because yeah. he knows it's tainted. Right. And sliding it, the quote-unquote murder weapon, right. under his bed. So, so yeah. So, it's like, so, so they're leaving it just ambiguous enough where you could read it as, oh, that's a that's a coincidence. He didn't necessarily... He no, no, here's my problem it. with it. Yeah. So, the boy knows he has this... Oh, so, like, the boy is, like... Going to school to be like a vet tech or something. Okay. So he knows that like animal hide, don't touch animal hide. Sure. Bad and yeah, like anthrax and all that. Like it's assumed that he studies he this thing. Yeah. He is aware of animal um, rabies, like diseases. It's assumed that he's aware of this kind of stuff. Sure. 
So the question becomes, okay, so he's aware of this, then he's probably treating the hive for who knows. Because <laughs> you have to make the leap of, okay, so he has his hive just stashed somewhere in yeah. case. Who knows? And then he has to also like run on the fact that Eric Cumberbatch stash, not his mustache, but like his actual height <laughs> stash, yes. needs to disappear. Uh-huh. Like, be sold somehow. Right. Like, just completely gone, ruined, burned, whatever. Um, and Benedict Cumberbatch needs to have an open wound to be infected with. Yeah. Two very different um, plots that have to happen at the same time. Yeah. It's where that leap in kind of fantasy book <laughs> happens to me to where I'm like, Wait, this happened way too fast yeah. and way too coincidental for me. Yeah, almost like a magical realism-esque kind of like... Metaphorically, this would... like this real Realistically, this would never happen, but metaphorically, it can because this is a movie. Yeah. And we're going to give you the most like metaphor for the situation possible yes. by making these things happen exactly yeah. in a row. Also, during this time, the kid and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch... Are being close to each other, right? Because right, the right. kid found Benedict Cumberbatch's secret porn stash, <laughs> secret male boy gay porn, porn stash, porn stash. Right, yes. yes. And so, in order to essentially, what starts as keeping him close at the watchful eye on him turns into this blossoming friendship of sure. Benedict Cumberbatch seeing him in this kid when he was right. when he had his mentor with him. So, yeah, it seems like they're trying to, like, get these themes across in the, like, in a very overt way. Then maybe, yeah, it's landing with you weird because they're, it seems like they're maybe trying a little hard. Yes, they're trying very hard <laughs> and it's hitting yeah. scatter plot. Like, yeah. here's some the scatter, it, some connect the dots. Right. Some of it, like, seems like it does its job. Some of it muddies the waters is what it sounds like. And some of it just like, beats it over your head like right. gay cowboy, gay cowboy, gay cowboy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I hate when that happens to me. Yeah. Um, so, why is it called the power of the dog? Oh, because it took it out of a, a Bible verse. Oh. It's a part of a Bible verse. Okay. About uh, King David, um, about the sword of the power of the dog or something. Yeah, okay. it's never explicitly said. Uh-huh. Um, it can be inferred that the power of the dog is from a mountain where <laughs> when they... When the sun hits just right, you can see what is almost the image of a dog into into the mountainside. Yeah. But then that gets into very Goonies, Rise of Skywalker-esque. <laughs> sure. You can only look at it from this angle. Sure, yeah. At this point in time. One of those things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So the last thing I'll ask, because we do need to move on, is... So you may have landed a little ambiguously here on this one, but... Do you think we will see this return come Oscars time? Do you think this is going to be a favorite? Do you think Benedict... Cumberbatch's performance here is notable. Yes. I think this will be a yes awards favorite. I, I'm going to say begrudgingly yes. Wow. Okay. All right. Like I said, same thing with um, "Call Me by Your Name." Yeah. I also landed very weirdly on and that. And that ended up being and that ended up being oh, an Oscar yeah. favorite. You're right. You're right. So I guess we'll hear more about the power of the dog, whether you like to hear about it or not. But if you're <laughs> looking for a Christmas movie, I'm, I'm okay. Maybe. Yeah. Like, okay, take a Christmas story, but okay. make it modern. And by modern, I mean set it in the 80s. That's not modern, but okay, <laughs> sure. 
we're talking about 8-Bit Christmas. Yeah, so I saw this trailer. Trailer, and I was like, this Kids looks... Kids Nintendo. This looks like uh, not something I want to watch. <laughs> well, I watched it. Yeah, how's that? Uh, Neil Patrick Harris narrates yes. and stars in, because he's actually in this. Yeah. Um, the telling of 1986, seven something. Five. Uh, 85, 86. I believe it's important that it's 1985 because it's a dork moment here. Because it has to be, because that was the first year that the NES was available limited release, which is the entire plot of this movie. Right. Well, so, 1985. Uh, I think it's 86 the year after. Because one of the kids already has an NES. Oh, okay. Okay, maybe everyone, it is 86. Because everyone already has an NES. Or one of the kids already has an NES. Mm. And as kids come over and play with it, and they're, the kids are band together like, wait, what if we just get our own NES? All right, they're playing loose with the timeline. Anyways. Oh, very loose with the timeline. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, fair enough. So, yes, they're trying to get a Nintendo Entertainment System. Yes. Um, cue basically every... Um, Christmas story cliche sure. of kids doing their darndest <laughs> to try and get their hands on an NES system for Christmas because yeah. God knows their parents aren't going to let right. get, it for them. get it for them. Even though you asked for them. Real nicely. <laughs> yep. Uh, so this is kids taking Christmas into their own hands mm-hmm. and watching this film it's like, wait, that's just a rip off of this part from a Christmas story. That's just this homage from this part of the Christmas story. Yeah. That's the homage to this part from this other, like, from Jingle All the Way. And I was going to say Jingle All the Way, because that's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of shopping-centric Christmas movies. Yep. Um, does it work? It works if you've never seen the uh-huh. other ones. But if you're constantly thinking about the references, yeah, it's, it's const- a little too referential. Yes, if you're constantly about the references, it's a little too referential. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of fake outs if you're thinking about the old ones. Okay. Which, if you're not, then it's just, why is this a fake out here? How much are they, are they trying to get the audience that cares about Nintendo? How much of that is Heavy. in this? Heavy. Okay. Heavy. To the point where they bring up the Nintendo Power Glove. Oh, wow. It's so bad. Yes. <laughs> um, like I said, it's a Christmas story for a new generation. Um, give this 15 years. <laughs> Maybe somebody will care. And may like 10, 15 years when kids grow up. Yeah. And like, but then again, that's ancient history at that point, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess I'm confused about who this is for. It's not, it's a <laughs> modern Christmas classic yeah. that may take a couple years to become a Christmas classic. It's weird though, because, okay, so you're writing a movie that's ostensibly for families mm-hmm. uh, about something that they're parents would be nostalgic for at this point yes but that's a big maybe yes because even parents of young kids now are getting away from 80s childhoods right we're into like 90s <laughs> and 2000s yeah so, so i'm like now i'm thinking like this is a weird this is a weird like this should have come out five years ago no ten, ten years, years ago, ago. should have come out ten years ago for to hit really that nostalgia bubble yeah so I'm like, I'm just confused about, like, was this just sitting on a shelf for years? Was this just being neglected after being pitched years ago? Like, there's no way this is an original idea. It's based off the book. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Weird. So, apparently when the book was... Yeah, when that was published. That was 2011, I believe it. But, like, it yeah. just seems like a weird time for this. But, okay. 
But it does well enough, you're saying, that if you're not overly thinking too much about the homage happening throughout, then at least it's enough fun that you'd be like, yeah, some people might like this. Yeah. Okay. It's fine enough for a Christmas film, especially if you're looking for something new Christmas film. Yeah. That's more centered towards kids and not adults, Seth Rogen's debauchery. And it sounds like you like this better than Home Alone or Sweet Home, home, sweet home, home Alone. Sweet home alone. Oh yeah, I like this a lot better <laughs> than Home Sweet Home Alone. Okay, good. Because I feel like if you're comparing direct-to-streaming Christmas movies that This right is the now, better one. This is the better one? Okay. Yes. That's good. That's good. At least there's that. At least they're, they're trying a lot harder than Home Sweet sure. Home Alone. Sure. And mm-hmm. being at least smart about it. Last but not least. Okay, the story I actually want to talk about. Yeah, but we we can't go too long on it. We're already at the 40-minute mark. Oh, we'll talk about this later because you need to see this film. So, yeah, you know, I, I know I do. We're, we're going to see it at some point, maybe sometime this week. Like I, I said, I got time and lucky to, to, <laughs> to actually see this thing. Yeah. West Side Story, Steven Spielberg's new film. Yes. Ready your Oscar ballots. Okay. Because All right. Here they come. Here are the awards. Um, yeah. I know this is a passion project for Steven Spielberg sure. for some time now. He beautifully blends old classic cinema with new okay. style and storytelling. All right. Is this a story that needs to come out now is the big question. <laughs> and I say yes, because these things are timeless, especially in yeah. the year 2020, uh-huh. 2021. Yeah, it's always been a story about immigrants. Immigration. It's race. always been a story about immigrants, and that's... It's the same since 1957 to now that that's still a story that can resonate. Yep. Um, Stephen Sondheim's original musical, late, right. the late season. The late the, great. Yeah, he wrote the lyrics specifically for this. Larry yes. Bernstein wrote the score. Yep. Uh, but yeah. I'm glad to hear it's good. Real good. Um, Ansel Egort is in this thing. <laughs> Him of the weird-ass name. Yes, who is the weird-ass name? Him of Baby Driver fame. Yes. I was like, okay, the Baby Driver. I was like, that's a weird name. Yeah. Well, I, why, why does that name sound familiar? And then he comes on screen, he's like, oh shit, it's Baby Driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll talk more about this after I see it, like I said, hopefully this week. Um, if I can do maybe, maybe after work, I'm walking distance of a theater. Maybe I'll be like, hey, Christy, meet me. And yes. I can watch, watch it maybe Monday it's, or Wednesday. It's good. It's that good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll try to um, see it. The story, the, I mean, if you know the story. <laughs> It's the lyrics and sure. the um, singing that is powerful. Also, um, if I'm not gushing about this enough, yeah, every shot of painting, uh, every yeah, frame of painting, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that's basically what this film is. Right. We may talk. We will definitely talk about this later. Yeah, we'll. we'll but real we'll bookmark briefly, this discussion. Bookmark West Side yeah. Story discussion. It yes. literally just came out this week. Yeah. We don't put no box office numbers yet. So we'll see. So we'll see. All right, then with that, let's finally move on into the rest of this podcast. Well, hopefully we'll be able to move at a slightly oh, faster yeah, no. clip. Let's this is the big about. bulk of what yeah. we had thoughts on. But let's move into television, and we always start television with Sports Corner. Sports Corner. Corner. Point to the Sports Corner. This week in sports, the biggest news of all was about the Olympics, the upcoming Winter Olympic Games in China coming this February. Uh, but this is not necessarily a sports story. This is more of a diplomacy is the word I was looking for. Diplomacy story. As White, the White House said, no official delegation, uh, that would be like diplomats uh, from the U.S., would be sent to the Winter Olympic Games because of concerns about China's human rights record. Human rights record. 
Um, this has also been the case for other countries. Um, Canada and the UK have also uh, decided to use the same kind of thing. Uh, however, U.S. athletes are still attending the games. It's not a full boycott uh, and would still have the government's full support. So don't worry. NBC was probably like bracing themselves for another delay, but don't worry. Games will still happen with U.S. athletes involved. The only thing that will change is that, yes, they're sending no other representatives from the United States over there. No, they're sending no official yeah, no delegation official, there. You know what I mean. That doesn't mean that Trump right. can show up. That doesn't mean that Trump can show up there. Not on behalf of the United States. Spy though. himself, yeah. Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is a yeah, political because move. Him and Kim Jong-un have a beautiful gross. relationship gross. and big rockets between them. Gross, gross, gross. Anyway, so yeah, that's... Just a minor note, doesn't have a whole lot to do with the actual games themselves, but just know that it will be a slightly uh, slightly more somber affair, as a lot of countries will be uh, boycotting in some way uh, to show uh, distrust about China's uh, China's record. At least diplomatically, though. Yeah. They, athletes will still show up. Yeah, athletes, will still, athletes will still show up. Well, yeah, they trained for years. It yep. would be a different conversation. So yeah, let's move on to other sports though. The Detroit Lions finally won, everybody. They got their first win um, in the season, I'm guessing is what you mean by that. Uh, the Houston Texans, meanwhile, are first team officially eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah, that should be season. Yeah, I figured. But yeah, um, so congratulations to the Lions for finally winning. So the Lions, <laughs> last time they won, was 364 days ago. Or prior to the win. Almost an entire year. So, had they lost, it would have been over a year since the Lions <laughs> won a game. That is very funny. Uh, that being said, their current record is very binary. Yeah. At 1, 10, and 1. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's very good. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, <laughs> congratulations to the Lions, also the um, Rams, and also the uh, Cardinals. For participating in No Win November. Yeah. And getting their first win in December. <laughs> hey, well, at least they were good sports. Yeah. And surprisingly, <laughs> even though the Lions got their first win this week or this past week, they are still in, like, mathematically available or eligible to make the playoffs. Okay. Unlike the Houston Texans, <laughs> <laughs> which are apparently not. Well, there you go. So. Football continues as we kind of get closer to clo- closer and closer to a playoff picture. Yep, uh, if we're in week fourteen right now, playoff picture is a coming. Cool, we will see. Yep, there's I think there's like three teams that can clinch playoff berths this okay. week. Right. Cool, we'll see what happens. In the meantime, hockey still is happening as well, but <laughs> one team has a very unique situation happening to them. Oh, uh, I'm happy. I'm happy for this story. Like, yeah, because it's a weird one. The Coyotes. Apparently are in debt, and they owe about two hundred fifty thousand dollars in unpaid city taxes for the use of their home arena, the Gila River Arena. The Arizona Department of Revenue filed a tax lien notice against the company that owns the Coyotes for more than one point three million dollars earlier this month. And so, I think the way you put it was a different kind of lockout <laughs> is yes. happening to the Coyotes. Yes. They will not maybe be able to play in their own arena. I think they have until the 20th to make some kind of payment. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. uh, like, after Christmas, yeah. I think it's where their, their next home game would be, they yeah. don't have <laughs> an arena to play at. So unless they can get enough money to do that, they're going to really call it close here. So we'll see. 
Uh, yes, this also compounds on the rumors that the Coyotes are moving to <laughs> Houston. Oh, okay. So they're that's, that's where they're defaulting here because they're not going to pay on a place they're not uh, going to stay at for next year. Yeah, that yeah. might be what the case is, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in college football, the playoff picture is set in that area. Alabama versus Cincinnati and Georgia versus Michigan are your matchups. One of these teams is undefeated. <laughs> and it's not the first place team. Believe it or not. Believe it or not, Cincinnati is the only undefeated team here. Um, this also does mean that should Alabama win and Georgia win, we will have the third time Alabama plays Georgia yeah. this year. Jesus. It's <laughs> a lot. A lot of that matchup. Yep. Uh, also compounds on the basically the college football playoff becoming SEC Bowl 2. Right. And the reason on the wanting of the expansion of the playoffs. Yes, so that doesn't keep happening. Probably will like put a little bit more fire under that yep. uh, to make that happen. And then, last but not least in sports this week, Simone Biles, after a uh, bumpy but ultimately successful year in the Olympics uh, last summer, was named Time Magazine's Athlete of the Year. I would bet that this is not only because of her um, athletic accomplishments, but also because of the story uh, about her grappling with her mental health and making that prominent in Olympic coverage back in the summer. Yep. Um, not only is she the most decorated gymnast mm-hmm. uh, of our time, but also, like you said, the mental health thing. Yeah, and moving that narrative forward and proving that even the even the most talented athlete on, like, on the planet, arguably, one of them, for sure, yep. in that conversation, for sure, um, deals with that day in, day in and day out, and Sometimes just cannot perform because of it. And we should respect that, understand that, and understand mental health is a big deal for everyone. Even if you do have multiple gold medals. Yep. Uh, and we actually will talk about her during our end of the year wrap Oh, we will. She does come up. It's true, she does. But in the meantime, anything else in sports before we move on? Yes, but not enough for us to cover. Fair enough. All right, let's move right on then in that case to television news. And our first story Something that's been rumbling over the last few weeks slash months, but we have not talked about here on the podcast. Um, so there were rumblings last yeah. month about this happening. Yeah. The previous week he got – we're talking about Chris Cuomo at right, CNN. Right, right, right. He got suspended last week. Mm-hmm. But we didn't cover it last week because there's still stuff coming out. Yes. And we didn't get an actual like definitive resolution until – after we recorded last Saturday. So yes, in case you need the context for this, Chris Cuomo has been out by out at CNN after some um, conversation about the uh, lengths that he's gone to to help out his brother Andrew, who was, of course, being accused of sexual harassment. So this is a crossover political story for you this mm-hmm. week. So here's what we know now. Last Monday, new documents released by the Office of the New York Attorney General revealed that Chris Cuomo went to greater lengths than he previously disclosed while advising his brother Andrew while he was being accused of sexual harassment. The document showed that the host used his contact as a journalist to attempt to learn information about the accusers. Chris Cuomo was fired by CNN last Saturday following an investigation into the extent of his aid to his brother Andrew, but is now facing a new accusation of sexual misconduct himself. A CNN rep acknowledged that the new accusation might have played a role in the network's decision to expedite Cuomo's ouster. Quote, Based on the report we received regarding Chris's conduct with his brother's defense, we had cause to terminate, a rep said. 
When new allegations came to us this week, we took them seriously and saw no reason to delay taking immediate action, end quote. This is not the first time that Chris Cuomo has faced an accusation of sexual misconduct. In September, Shelley Ross, who was a top producer at ABC News in the 2000s when Cuomo was employed by that network, accused the anchor of inappropriately touching her at a 2005 office holiday party. Cuomo admitted the encounter, repeated an apology to Ross, but insisted the incident was, quote, not sexual in nature, unquote. So, whew, that's some hot water. He's out at CNN, no longer has a job. But man, so, if this yeah. goes deeper, he could potentially see these some are time two, himself. Yeah, so these are two different stories. Right. Chris Cuomo was using his contacts as a journalist right. to glean information of, from sources of what information was coming out and yeah. then relaying it to his brother saying, hey, like, um, like hotel maid, whatever. Like, like the information, I believe on who hotel maid might be. Right. Or whatever, like the code word name they gave the contact of, the anonymous source. Yeah. And so he was leaving that information to his brother to hopefully get more information of who it could be. And then allowing his brother to more or less apply pressure for that person to not come forward. Yeah. Already bad news. Yes. But then on top of that now, you have his own. His own accusations of sexual harassment in the workplace. Right. So Um, with that, last Saturday was his final night on, I think it was Cuomo Tonight, whatever his show was. Whatever that, yeah. But yeah, he's done at CNN. Yeah, I mean, it was a long time coming. I mean, all of this stuff is pretty heinous on top of the fact that, yeah, it's just... You don't, even if though he's his brother, like his brother, you just don't. You just don't. You that's that's taking advantage of somebody with connections. It's, and, it's a power advantage, right? Yeah, there. it is, and it's it's yeah, it's it's just gross. All this is gross. I'm glad that he's out of the network. It's just yeah, it's just embarrassing. It's embarrassing. The whole family is now just embarrassing. Yeah. Remember when everyone loved Andrew Cuomo? Like I know. early to twenty twenty. Hot second there. Hot second. All those Cuomo sexuals are yep. really uh, probably very upset that they chose that uh, position back then. Ooh, really. Yep. Anyways, let's move on. Anyways, there was so much news, other news to cover. <laughs> so much. So, so much. much uh, that we wrap it all in kind of a. So this is not quite bits, but it's more like the end of the year wrap up. Yeah. Stuff. But they are the bits. The bits. The bits. Yeah, so here's some smattering of stories that we want to tie a little bow on for the end of the year. First up, if you've been following the film adaptation of the, or sorry, the television adaptation of The Last of Us, we finally have some casting news for you. Nick Offerman has been cast as Bill in the upcoming HBO series. Yep, Bill, with Bill. his uh, pages stuck together. Yes, uh, if you've played the first Last of Us game, you'll recognize that. I think this is pretty good casting. Yeah. I think he'll do a pretty good job in that role. He's a woods mountain man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fits, fits. Gr- grow his beard again. I'm still, I'm still unsure if I want to watch the Last of Us series, especially if it recounts the plot of the first game. You're right. Oh boy, that first episode's gonna be a doozy <laughs> if they do it in the same they way that justice. they did the, the game. Yeah. Next story: Josh Duggar, a, uh, who is from 19 Kids and Counting at a reality show has been convicted of child pornography. Ooh. Yikes. Yep. But he wasn't the only one going to jail. No, because we also have follow-up to the Jesse Smollett case, which has been uh, 
we've recorded a year and a half ago at this something point. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. He has finally been convicted of when he lied about being attacked in a hate crime. Uh, it was a story he fabricated to get press, ended up uh, being found out, and now he's uh, finally been convicted for it. Yep. Um, he was charged on seven of eight accounts. Um, also goes to show that nothing stays secret forever. Yeah. Um, so all you like conspiracy theorists out there who think that like, oh, they just like don't have the information of this coming out. Like, this was a year and a half ago. Yeah. Stuff comes out pretty easily. Yeah. Unpressed. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So yeah, we'll see what happens with him. Well, next up, reading Rainbow, everyone's favorite uh, story time television show about the wonder of books hosted by LeVar Burton. Mm -hmm. We'll be returning as Reading Rainbow Live and will feature, quote, a diverse, talented, and comedic troupe of young performers as hosts. So, LeVar, not involved, but LeVar you'll be involved able to as see... Producer. As producer. But you'll be able to see a fresh, new uh, group of people showing you about the magic of reading. Yep. So that's exciting. Next up, uh, here's some bad news. Dave Chappelle will refuse to disappear. And we'll, uh, we'll headline Netflix's 2022 Giant Comedy Festival, 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 including Amy Schumer, Ali Wong, and Jerry Seinfeld as guests. So yep. there you go. Um, Dave Chappelle Netflix made up, or more likely... Now, they, they never Netflix, had a problem. That's the thing, is Netflix never punished him. Right. There's no punishment whatsoever. And it's just ridiculous. Uh, let's move on before I get angry. Okay. Paramount Plus has expanded their service by launching 18 linear-themed channels, including 24-hour streams of Star Trek, SpongeBob, and Paw Patrol. This, of course, is a tactic Peacock yes, had at launch, as well as something uh, Pluto TV does, as well as Vivo uh, and uh, what's the Roku one? Roku, Roku TV. Yep. So, yeah, a lot of uh, networks are, are playing with this format. This is oh, just another example just of that. constant streams of right. their shows. I know that every now and then I'll turn on a Hell's Kitchen yeah. stream on Peacock just to hear Gordon Ramsay yell yeah. at someone. It's a neat idea. The only problem that I found is when with the Peacock stuff, it loops. So if you're watching it the same time the next day, yep. you'll see the exact same clip. Yep. And I hope that that's not the case for this. I want a truly random randomizer yes. if, I had, if I was in charge. But if you do the same loop on loop the same every day, you're going to run into the seeing the same mm -hmm. thing over and over again. That's not fun. Right. And there's, I mean, especially with Spongebob, there's what? Hundreds there's a lot of episodes of Spongebob. Of episodes? Potentially a lot of programming for that channel. So, right. Yeah. Put RNG on it. If it. Yeah, if it works, it works. But if it's the same old, same old, it's not as fun. That might be good for parents who are looking to pop their kids in front of Paw Patrol. Yeah, maybe. Speaking of same old, same old, Jeopardy decided to keep on keeping on as they have changed their plans for hosts this season. Originally, they had said that they were going to try another rotation of guest judges or judges, guest, hosts. guest hosts after uh, uh, Maya Bialik and last, Ken Jennings. After this past year of yeah. rotation gauntlet. However, they have gone back on that decision and have instead decided to continue the rotation of Maya Bialik and Ken Jennings through the end of the current season. So that means up until the summer, at least, we will see uh, Mayim and Ken continue to pass the torch between them, uh, themselves. Which, as I mentioned to you in a text message, this has to be just a line, uh, uh, a line up to giving one of them, them the job. Oh, yeah. I because mean, there's as no as way. I, as I mentioned <laughs> off-podcast, yeah. when they 
they weren't just going to give Ken Jennings the role because he hadn't been a host before. He I mean, had very uh, little TV yeah. experience at the time. On top of some other considerations, like his own Twitter history, mm-hmm. uh, also the fact that he had he already had um, duties chase. elsewhere with He's the, also chase. the chase on ABC. So yeah, there's a lot of explanations for why they didn't just give him the job. I think, though, this hopefully is just a line to him taking the job full-time. Because I just don't see them doing this and then next season coming back with guest hosts again. Or, so, or picking someone out of random. Picking someone that is neither of these yeah, two. It, just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense the way that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. So I hope this just means that we're close to finishing this off. But we will see what happens. Yep. Uh, we will see. The continuing story... <laughs> Of what happens to Jeopardy. We will see. Yeah, you will definitely see. But you, now we are out of the bits. That's it for the bits, and that's it for television news. But you watched a couple, uh, a television show. I've not even heard of this. What the hell is Santa Incorporated? Uh, I believe... It's like Kids Incorporated? Uh, no, this is Seth Rogen and ah. uh, Sarah Silverman adult stop animation comedy about working in the North Pole. And who's going to replace Santa as Santa's number one, number two? Oh, okay. Um, so, Santa Inc., uh, as with all holidays, are run by a giant organization. Boo! Including the elves and, like, gingerbread men and the reindeer. And, um, it's adult... Com- it's Seth Rogen adult stop motion a la, like... Uh, Robot Chicken, almost. Uh, but it's, it's animated. It's weird, but funny because it's animated and fictional. They can get away with a lot more stuff that you can't <laughs> sure. like live action. Sure. Um, it starts off right off the bat as like, oh, you know, it's gonna be adult joke. They just start cursing and swearing and doing like drugs and partying, like right off the bat. So you know, like, okay, definitely not for kids here. Uh, but also it's theme of growing, uh, not just growing in a company, but being progressive as a company, and mm-hmm. like everything that we've seen in this past year about women, like especially women, because they're like the main point in this uh, show. Yeah. Women not being allowed certain roles because they're women, or toxic masculinity within the workplace. Mm-hmm. Okay. It has those themes within it, which makes me kind of like it. Yeah, it sounds like it's 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 actually also, doing more than you think the premise would allow. <laughs> it weirdly it's punching way above its weight. Yeah, class, that's what it sounds like. Which is super weird for a Seth Rogen, um, <laughs> uh, Sarah Silverman project. Yeah, huh. that's animated based on Christmas. Sure, it's clearly punching way above its weight. <laughs> class. It's clearly addressing things way above what anyone expects it to address. Okay, and weirdly is. Good in that aspect. It's All real right. short. It's only eight episodes. Each one like yeah. twenty three hours for twenty three hours. Twenty okay. minutes. Was this on? Uh, this is HBO Max. HBO Max. I weirdly like it, and at <laughs> points I weirdly hate it. <laughs> okay. Both for completely different reasons. Wow. All right. It's the power of the dog of streaming uh, uh, Christmas specials. I like it more <laughs> than I actually hate it because the parts that I hate are yeah. I can like wash away with like oh that's just yeah. they need to move the plot along here. Right, right. Um, had to do this here. They had yeah. to do this here. They're right. moving the plot along where they're trying to foreshoe in like side characters so they make sense here. Huh. Fascinating. Weird. What a it's, weird it's, thing. It's a really weird thing. Yeah, it's that like a weird thing. Kind of works. Like, <laughs> you know, like the weird 
um, Sarah Silverman kind of way, though. And Seth Rogen as Santa Claus is kind of, like, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's super weird. Sure. I, I can't. I can't really sell you this. Oh, there's a surprise Pat Oswald. Of course. Which I was going to like surprise yeah, Pat Oswald. Surprise Pat Oswald. <laughs> Always. 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 Oh, it's like the third time, fourth time this year that he's popped up surprise Pat Oh, man. If, <laughs> it's too bad we already recorded television. We could have done, um, we could have done for our wrap up podcast, we bonus award best surprise Pat Oswald. <laughs> I had mine. The mayor in The Ghost and Mo- Molly McGee. <laughs> Best surprise, Pat Nozzle. I'd probably be here. Pat <laughs> well, next year. Let's make a note. Next year, we're going to do best surprise, Pat Nozzle. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Santa Inc. Yeah. Surprisingly okay. good. All right. Okay. Uh, let me make sure I'm calling it right because make sure it's not. Santa Company. Santa Inc. That was correct. Yeah, that's it. Santa right. Inc. All right. Good to know. All right, let's move on after that. Any other uh, television thoughts before we move on? Um, I don't. No. Think I. I don't think so. Watch anything else? Yeah. yeah the uh, controversy. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. No. Let's move on into cancellations and renewals. AMC is bringing back Fear the Walking Dead for an eighth season. Yes, believe it or not, the spinoff of The Walking Dead is itself eight seasons long. Yep. Peacock has canceled AP Bio after two revived seasons on the surface, and uh, the two prior ones on NBC. Its fourth season will be its last. Apple TV is bringing back Truth Be Told for a third season. HBO Max is bringing back The Sex Lives of College Girls for a second season. Netflix is bringing back Outer Banks for a third season. Star is bringing back Power Book 2, colon, Ghost for a third season. I don't know what the hell that is. Apple TV Plus is bringing back Invasion for a second season. IMDb TV is bringing back Leverage colon Redemption, something you enjoyed from this year, the yeah. second season. Yeah, so um, apparently split the season in half, and I didn't know about it until, oh. like, recently. Um, so I only watched, like, the first eight episodes, thinking, oh, that was short and quick. No, they shot 16. They yeah. just released the, the second eight later, and I missed it. But And whatever the hell Acorn TV is, is bringing back Under the Vines for a second season. But last but not least, much to the joy of anime fans on Twitter... Netflix has canceled the live-action adaptation of Cowboy Bebop just after the first season. So no more of that will be made. It seems like people take, took a giant shit on that thing. No one liked it. It was hype. <laughs> it came. It went. No one talked about no it. One, no one liked it, so it's gone. Yep. Congratulations. So back to the anime it goes. Yes, back to the anime it goes. All right. Throw, but, uh, throw it on the pile of Netflix's anime live yeah. adaptations that didn't work. But in a weird piece of coincidence... Our first death actually segues perfectly, because we're talking about Keiko Nobumoto, age 57, who is a Japanese screenwriter who happened to write most of the original anime of Cowboy Bebop, including other animes including Wolf's Reign and Tokyo Godfathers. It's a real young age. Uh, this seems to happen a lot in people in the anime industry, a lot of young deaths because of just overworking, just hard, just hard lives. Yep. So, yeah, that's a sad one for sure. But not the youngest one on the list. No, because that would go to Demarius Thomas, age 33. And if that name sounds familiar, he was a football player for the Denver Broncos. Helped them win a Super Bowl when back in 2016. Yep. Uh, helped Peyton Manning win his second Super Bowl yes. ring. Yes. Uh, he was a beast. Um, he also helped the Broncos break their long streak of playoff victory. Or- Winless playoff games. 
yeah. um, beating the Steelers. So when this news came out on Thursday, you have videos of Steelers losing twice. Right. Not only in real life, but also in this play on the last play. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. Uh, Demarius Thomas, fantasy legend, um, will be missed. Like, he retired like six months ago. Yeah. So um, I think the early word was seizure on his death oh. at 33. Do you think that maybe the retire their early retirement, or I guess not early, but the retirement was maybe anticipating something like this might happen? Maybe. 33 is really young. I mean, that's yeah. about average for a football player, though. Yeah, for a retirement, yeah. Right, because that's uh, 12 years in the league. Right, right, right. That's over a decade. Yeah. So, so yeah. Still, yeah, very sad. We move on to Bob Dole, age 98, of course. Politician, U.S. House of Representatives and Senate. But also, most notably, the guy who ran against uh, Bill Clinton in his uh, re-election campaign in 1996. Bob Dole! Yes, uh, often uh, made fun of as by saying his own name in third person. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to see that uh, Norm Macdonald, who played him on SNL for years, uh, died just a month or so before yep. Bob Dole himself died. But 98, long, long life. Long life. Then last but not uh, least, Michael Nesmith, age 78. Of course, a monkey of the monkeys. One uh, of the monkeys. Yes. Uh, the drummer, I believe? I don't remember. Uh, but he was a monkey. Ask your, I guess now, grand, grand <laughs> grandparents parents about it. I would say my mom, because <laughs> my mom was a huge, like, was big on the monkeys. I bet she was pretty sad about this. Anyway, those are your deaths. So let's move on to the second half of the show. And we'll start um, music. <laughs> Yep. With the billboard. And it's that time of the year. We start the billboard with the Hot 100. <laughs> it's that time of the year, baby. Not yet. Not yet. No, it's happening. Because number one is still yeah. Easy on Me by Adele. Sure. And number two is Stay <laughs> by the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. However. However, you're three, four, and five. It's that time of year again. Yes. Prepare for house music. <laughs> by house music, I mean... Christmas house music. Christmas house music, and also songs that have bought many, many houses by now. Gingerbread house music. <laughs> Gingerbread house music. <laughs> including, currently number three, yes. but by next week, your number one <laughs> song, yes. All I Want for Christmas Is You, mm-hmm. by Mariah Carey. Currently yes. number three, expected to be number one next week. <laughs> Four, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. Yep. And rounding out your top five, Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms. Yep. Our favorite time of year where music songs take over the Hot 100. The holidays are hitting the Hot 100. Yes. But they're not donated in the Billboard 200, your album chart. Well, one of them is. Let's hear a re-release. Uh, <laughs> First up, uh, again, at, uh, right back at number one, 30 by Adele. Mm-hmm. Um, that's back-to-back consecutive weeks. Yep. Uh, both on top of the 100 and the 200 for Adele. Mm-hmm. At number two, Red, Taylor's version by Taylor Swift. Coming at number three, Christmas by Michael Buble. Yes. At number four, Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. Coming back up into the top five. Yep, thanks to tour excitement, which we'll get to later. And rounding out your top five certified lover boy by Drake. Yeah, uh, I guess we're probably maybe a week or two away from the Pentatonix Christmas record coming back, as it always does. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, because Billboard's always a week delayed, right. expect it next, next week. week. Yeah. 
As for your new releases, hey, actually, I have a couple this week. We actually have two new releases. Yeah. First up, Keys by Alicia Keys. Yeah, a surprise double album that she dropped out of nowhere this week. Yep. And Barn by Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Yeah, apparently their first uh, new new record in, since 2019, so a couple years. Yep. Um. All right. Uh, those are the new releases. Yes. Let's get into some. News. Yeah. And we start with probably the biggest and strangest hey, news. Not too strange when you consider that he's good friends with The Weeknd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Drake, mm-hmm. yes, certified lover boy Drake, <laughs> has withdrawn his two 2022 Grammy nominations um, from the Recording Academy. Um, that source confirmed to Variety. Yeah. Representatives for Drake did not immediately respond to requests for comments, mm-hmm. but sources tell Variety that the decision was made by Drake and his management, and the Grammys honored the request. Although his motivation was unclear at the time of the article's publication, yeah. Drake was one of five nominees for Best Rap Album for Certified Lover Boy and for Best Rap Performance for his song. Way too sexy. Yeah. Featuring Future and Young Thug. So this is an interesting story because yes, we already knew about the weekend's feud with the Grammys as a concept. Yep. We knew that he was not submitting his own material, but Drake submitted it and only now is saying, actually, never mind. It's a weird move, and without Drake explaining why, it's even weirder. Uh, on top of the fact that now apparently he's besties with Kanye again. It's just been a weird year for Drake. Um, and this is the way he's capping it off, by refusing to win a Grammy. This was probably going to win the both of these categories, yeah. and it's amazing that now they're not even going to be nominated. So this, I'm sure everybody else in these categories is thrilled, because this means that you will have a four-nominee uh, Best Rap Album year. Yep. And um, yeah. the, the Recording Academy also said that they would not bump up whoever right. was in sixth place. So no, it's just going to be those four nominees for that category. Yep. It's weird. weird. I don't know. Uh, we may find out later why Drake's made this call, but uh, who knows? I guess he just doesn't want another Grammy. Yeah. Fair enough. Or, or like you said, he talked with the weekend. Yeah, we could convince him. Convinced him. Like, otherwise. Like, yeah. Who knows what it is? Who knows? Or maybe Kanye convinced him. I don't know. Kanye, however, has not withdrawn his nominations. <laughs> anyway. Even though we talked about his controversy right. last week yeah. with being nominated. He would wish he would, but I don't know. Somehow he doesn't. Anyway, anyways, uh, as we get to the end of the year and start looking into next year, we start looking into concerts yeah. next year. A couple big tours got announced. Oh, God, we have to add this to her name now, right? <laughs> Grammy-nominated yes. Olivia Rodrigo yes. has announced tour dates for a 2022 Sour Tour, yeah. uh, which is in support of her yes. uh, Grammy-nominated, <laughs> double-platinum-certified yes. album, Sour. Yes. yes. Uh, which will be kicking off April 2nd in San Francisco, and the tour will visit more than 40 major cities across North America and Europe. Yeah. Including two night runs at Radio City Music Hall in New York and capping it off in L.A.'s Greek Theater before um, moving overseas mm-hmm. right, to a European tour. Where it will wrap up with a two-night event yes. at Eventum Apollo in London, 
in July. We tried to get tickets to one of the Greek shows and did not come up with anything. So we, we lost. Yes. <laughs> uh, did you see that she was also doing a Santa Barbara show right before it? Right. Yeah. We're not going to that one. Okay. <laughs> we tried. Yeah. We tried the, for the LA shows. We did not get tickets. Oh, is my page still up here? Because I had it up here for a while. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Anyway. Anyways, yeah, I had it up here too. Like, oh yeah, when I looked it up, I was like a day late to yeah. sign up to be like part of the fan Ooh, club to get the yeah. uh, early access. Too bad. But yeah, I saw because I thought I was like, oh, I should look that up, yeah. and I did. Said, oh no, you need to be. You should have signed up for like her fan club by uh, I think it was like the ninth to get access to the um, or like they decided like by the seventh to get access on the tenth. Well, so close. Too late. <laughs> However, um, yeah, there will be um, special guests <laughs> joining her, including Gracie Abrams in the April 2nd through 23rd uh, leg, Holly Hungerstone for the 26th through, tw- through May 25th leg, and Baby and Queen for <laughs> June 11th through July 7th. They will also be joining the tour. Baby Queen. I've never heard of any of these people. <laughs> so there you go. No, I mean, I also mistakenly said uh, Stacey Abrams instead of Gracie. <laughs> <laughs> Very different. Stacey Abrams will not be uh, supporting Olivia Rodrigo. But Gracie Abrams will. Yes. Uh, Stacey Abrams may be doing her own thing by the time it comes around. <laughs> yes. Uh, however, uh, Olivia Rodrigo was not the only tour yes. that was announced. As media about favorite... Heim yes. announced the dates for the trio's pandemic-delayed tour in support of their Grammy-nominated 2020 yep. album, Women in Music, Part 3. And, indirectly, <laughs> Alana Heim's star turn in Paul Thomas Anderson's <laughs> Licorice Pizza. Yes. Uh, being promoted by Live Nation, the band will kick off the 27-day one more Heim tour. <laughs> That's right. It's cute. One more Heim <laughs> tour on April 24th in Las Vegas. It hit major cities across North America, including, but not limited to, <laughs> Chicago, Houston, Miami, Washington, D.C., Seattle, Toronto, Philadelphia, and more. More. The trek sees the San Fernando Valley Sister Act playing another hometown show at the Hollywood Bowl on May 1st and headlining New York's Madison Square Garden on May 17th. Then there's Waxahachie and Princess Nokia and Faye Webster and Sasami and Buzzy Buzzy Lee are all set to uh, to support yeah. on select dates. So those are your openers joining for that, yep. that tour. So yeah, uh, are you are you, you going to try and fly out to Waxahachie eh, and Heim? Eh, so no, yeah, unfortunately they happen to not be. So the the the, the backing act at the the LA show are not the ones I'd want them to be, unfortunately. Right. But still, it could be a fun tour, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for Heim uh, for having such a good big tour. But yeah, two really cool sounding tours. That... Now I know you're planning on going to New York. Any chance <laughs> these might line up? <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think so, but maybe. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of conversations there that need to happen. Not in May. You're going to go in the fall. Okay. But yeah. but yeah, sounds like fun shows. Sounds like fun shows. 
get ready for it again, much like with movies. This is a look at the 2022. Yes, big, big uh, future, future vision at the end of the year with this podcast for yep. sure. Always. Anyway. Anyways, uh, I listened to an album. Did you? Yes. I thought nothing came out last week. No. Technically, <laughs> it's out this week. Okay. And technically, it's a compilation album. Uh-huh. It's one of our favorite bands, Various Artists. Oh, oh, my favorite. Yes. It is <laughs> not a mixtape, uh-huh. but rather a Hicks tape. Oh, no. It's not a volume one. It's a volume two. What? There's already been a, a Hicks tape before? Yes, 2019 saw Hicks tape volume one by Hardy. Who's Hardy? Now, Hardy is Tom a, Hardy? No. It is, he is a songwriter <laughs> in country music. Oh. He wrote God's Country for Blake oh, Shelton. Oh, that guy. And a lot of other hits out there. Okay. He just goes by the single name Hardy? Yes. Okay. All, uh, all caps. All right. Sorry. This Hardy! Is, this should be all caps. Yeah. Yes. So he goes by Hardy. Yes. Got it. Is it coincidence that his name rhymes with party? Is he a party guy? Probably, but he does party hardy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and that's exactly what this is. Yeah? It's different country acts, okay. including um, personal favorite Midland. All right. Media book favorite, I guess. Cool. Yeah. 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 Um, playing party-ass party music. All right. If you're looking for a country party album to put on that deals with various artist bands yeah. and acts... But all have the same high energy tempo that you want in a country act. That sounds okay. That's what this is. It's a mix. It's a mixtape essentially of good country artists like, um, like I said, like Midland, like uh, Bryce Lee mm-hmm. as well. Um, I think Old Dominion's in here somewhere as well. <laughs> um, singing, drinking, smoking, mm-hmm. party. Country songs. This seems like a weird time for this to come out. Super this seems weird like time a for su- it to come out. This seems like a summer thing, if you would oh, ask me. That's the thing, though. Yeah. The singles did come out during the summer. Ah, it's just a comp. This like, is just the compilation, compilation of, of those putting things. it all together yeah. in volume two. Do you think this will get a lot of play in your uh, upcoming summer? Oh, when we're after the summer, it will. Yeah. Yeah. But like, like you said, super weird time for a summer party yeah. playlist to come out in the middle of December. Not the warm winter vibes that you really want at the moment. No. <laughs> that being said, it's like nothing but that drinking party music that you kind of want at a yeah. party. What's the reverse of Christmas in July? Fourth uh, of July in summer. December. <laughs> well, fireworks in December. Yeah, like... fireworks in December. There we go. We'll, we'll coin that term. You hear to hear first. Uh, start having summer parties in the middle of the winter cold. Do it. Because Break out your Daisy Dukes yeah, and Ugg Go to a bonfire, you know, like, yeah, it's a media boat podcast starting a tradition right now. Do it. Anyway. Yeah, forgo your ugly sweater, put on your yeah. tank top. Yeah, exactly. Be, it's fireworks in December. Ugly swim trunks, make that a thing. Ugly bikini, do it. Anyway, let's move on. Ugly bikinis. Ugly bikinis. Make it happen. Yes, we're starting it. Okay. All right. Uh, so... Did you listen to anything? No, it's the doldrums of winter. Yeah, um, that's why I put this on here. The doldrums of winter. I don't yeah. know why this came out, but it did. All right, well, let's move on then. All right, let's move on then to video games. Yeah, some quick ones. we quick start this with week. Um, new releases, including Humongous. I mean, no. Among Us yeah. for the PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X. Yeah, I don't know this why you... disc version, I yeah. believe? Well, yeah, it's the console version. These games... Are... 
have not been available on consoles before. And honestly, I'm not sure why you'd want to play this game on a console when it's so widely available on phones. This but now is, you can. So this isn't the VR version, right? No, this is not the VR one that was announced at the Game Awards. We'll get there. Right. Uh, but it is just a console version, console port of the phone and PC game. Which is weird. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. So if you have waited for some reason to play Among Us until it's gotten to your PlayStation, well, now you can, but I don't know why you were waiting. Yep. I know, especially when you can get it on mobile for, like, free or nothing. Yeah, it's free. Yeah. Uh, Uh, We also have Eterna Noctis for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Big release. Uh, We also have Final Fantasy VII, colon, remake, colon, integrate for the PC. Yeah, this was one of the many announcements on the uh, Game Awards. Again, we'll get there. But, uh, but yeah, it's coming Kingdom Hearts style, exclusively to the Epic Game Store for its PC release, and will be a bracing $70. (laughs) Yeah, but you get the remake and the integrated. You do. But still, uh, get ready for the oncoming tide of $70 PC games. Not only that, but get ready for the Final Fantasy mod community to explode in this thing. Could be be neat. Could be neat. But also, that's a high price tag for a game that's Mm -hmm. been out for a couple years. Three years. Two years. Two years. Two years. 2019. Couple means two. Two. 2020. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, it's a 2020 <laughs> game because I, I played it earlier uh, okay. this year, but well, it came almost, out last year. Okay, almost two years. It'll, so by the time, yeah, it'll be almost be two years. Yeah. And lastly, Five Nights at Freddy's <laughs> Colon Security Breach for PS4, PS5, and PC. Yeah, I don't know. That thing's been kicking around. It finally comes out. I don't know. The five, it finally releases. Do you like Five Nights at Freddy's? This is the newest one. Yep. Um, expect many theories to come out about the new Five Nights game. Yeah. In like the next two weeks as everyone like picks apart this thing like day one. Something. Who knows? Who knows? Let's get into some video game news. Yeah, we have a downer and then we get to talk about the game awards. Oh, alright. So <laughs> first up, the downer. Yeah. Sony has confirmed that a senior PlayStation executive has been fired. After he was accused by an amateur pedophilia sting group, George Cassiopo was senior vice president of the PlayStation Network since 2013, was allegedly caught trying to arrange sex with a decoy posing as a 15-year-old boy, according to a video by People vs. Preds. According to the video, Cassiopo spoke with a person who said they were 15 years old on Grindr, the the social networking app for gay, bi, and trans people. I find it funny that they call it a social networking app. It's a dating app. It's a yep. dating app. <laughs> Come on. Oh, on. Tinder, Grindr. You know what they are. They're all the same. You know what those are. Yeah. Uh, the exec is then alleged to have exchanged pictures Ooh. and provided the decoy with his address. Ooh. In order to have sex. Gross. The exec is seen being approached outside his home in the footage wearing a PlayStation 5 shirt. so bad. Before closing the door on the person behind the camera, accusing him of approaching who he believed was a 15-year-old. In a statement provided to CNET, Sony confirmed that Cassiopo has been... Well, I'm glad the guy's As been he fired. Should. Yeah, I'm glad the guy's been fired because that's real gross. And yeah, we don't need to dwell on it too long. Just be like, eh, let's get him out of here. Let's get him out of here because that's just not 
That's not appropriate. It's just disgusting. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, let's move on and not talk about that. Instead, let's talk about the most, ex- uh, the biggest uh, video game event of the week, and uh, that we both watched somehow. Live streamed. Yeah. The Game Awards. Somehow. So first, it. we're going to talk about what was announced before we get to who actually okay. won. The Game Awards. So we're talking about. The Game Awards. So, we have announcements including um, new trailers from yeah. Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Yeah, it looks, uh, ah, you know what? Look for may- Mayhem. It looked kind of like kind some of sort of cross between like, maybe like a, a Sunset Overdrive meets Crackdown kind of vibe. Where it seems like you play as... See, I don't uh, think I look Saints Row, but like actual a superheroes. Saints Row-y, sure. Um, except, yeah, you play as the villains of the Suicide Squad trying to eventually beat up the Justice League. Most notably here in the trailer, The Flash, yep. who seems to be your core villain, at least so far. Uh, or at least one of one the of. bosses. I think there's also, you know been there's, tra- there's there's, also been trailers for yeah, Superman and yeah. trailers for You know Wonder they're saving Woman. Superman to be the final boss yep. there. Yeah, it looks okay. I'm not sure how great I feel about the about this kind of game coming from Rocksteady, who's known for more plotting, more like cerebral Batman games, mm-hmm. for something that's just so combat focused. It seems like a real. At least change. the trailer was very combat focused. Yeah, and not to say the Batman games weren't combat focused. You I mean the Batman fighting system became synonymous with that series? It became incredibly influential. But man, this just looks like a co-op beat-em-up, and I don't know if I want that from Rocksteady. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yep. Uh, we also have the first trailer for Star Wars Eclipse. Oh boy. Coming from Quantic Dream. Yeah, though that Quantum Dream, the people who gave Quantic. you Quantic Dream, they gave you the uh, Beyond Two Souls and Detroit Become Human and Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain. So the, okay. The multi-choice. Narrative. Right. So real quick, we have to get this out of the way. It's pretty weird and kind of gross, and a lot of people on Twitter pointed this out, is that they went from basically having Jeff Keighley on stage to decry like, uh, abuse uh, abuse and harassment in the video game industry in the wake of the Activision stuff, mm-hmm. only to then introduce a new game from Quantic Dream, a studio who has recently been under fire for that exact same thing. Yep. So yeah, not a great look. That being said... Interesting that they're making a Star Wars game. I think a lot of people may be excited for this, but if you've been playing the games from the studio over the last five years, they have not been getting better. So <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this. I'm ups- like I'm kind of upset that they thought this was going to still be a big deal for people in- when thinking, you know, like, Detroit Become Human is not a good game. <laughs> I don't know. What I, what I call it? Star Wars Become Jedi? Yeah, it's... <laughs> I don't like know. So yeah, I don't know about this existing. I it's kind of sucks, but I don't know. I think they want the multi-choice layered game. Yeah, but that's the thing about Detroit Become Human was that there's really only three choices you're ever given, and everything else is just how do you die? Right. Yeah. I think that if they wanted to have like a narrative focused uh, game in the Star Wars uh, universe, give it to Don't Nod. Give it to Deck Nine. There's yes. other developers that can do this better. I don't know. I think this is a missed opportunity. Anyway. Yeah. But it looks good. <laughs> I mean, yes, because that's the thing that studio has always been really good at is really good. impressive looking graphics. So yep. at least there's that. I guess that's what they're going for. Yeah. Graphics, not story. Yeah. Uh, we also had our first look at Wonder Woman game. It was more like a teaser. Yeah. It was actually a game would show. 
But it's interesting because this is the Middle Earth Shadow of War guys monolith. Yep. And it also has been confirmed that it will use that series' nemesis system. What? The thing yes. that came out like five, ten years ago? So get excited 2014? for Wonder Woman nemesis system. So I have one caveat here. If you're not a fan of uh, cinematic uh, of Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot, well, too bad she's in this. Oh, she's voicing it? Yeah. Okay. She was in the trailer, too. Okay. That's the only thing that sucks here. Otherwise, I'm interested to see what they can do with the Wonder Woman game. I don't want to see more of the Nemesis system, because that was yeah. a good thing coming out. Oh, yeah. The, like, early PS4. Well, because they're Warner, and they, they're the guys they, who made it. That's the other thing. They were proprietary. They didn't <laughs> they give to anyone it. else. I was like, right. damn you, just give me more of that. Well, you'll get more of it, but with Wonder Woman as your hero. Oh, no. So there you go. It could be interesting. I, I might check this out when this comes out. Okay. Uh, we also had um, a, a new trailer yes. for Alan Wake 2. Yes. Uh, well, no, it's been announced. Uh, it was never, never had never been announced prior to this. I thought it was confirmed. It's like all but confirmed. So, no, they've been kind of messing with us. Remedy has been messing with us ever since they released the uh, DLC that crossed over Control with Alan Wake uh, without confirming an Alan Wake 2, but more or less saying that they were thinking about it. Right. This is the first confirmation there will be an Alan Wake 2, so, uh, and it won't be a shooter like that previous game. It will be a survival horror game, according to the studio. Yep. Um, we also had Forspoken. Yeah, new trailer for that. Yep, new trailer. And uh, a release date of May 24th. Uh, that game looks kind of cool. I don't know. I go back and forth with that. I'll go back and forth, too, with that, Yeah. Too. Really cool idea of having it like an Isekai-style real-world person gets into a fantasy world, but it doesn't look like it's that going to be that fun to play. It looks like kind of Bayonetta-esque character action kind of thing. But I don't know if they can pull it off. We'll see soon. We'll see. Um, there's also Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, a game based on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. Uh, Hellblade 2. More trailer of that, all running apparently in real time. Yep. Uh, new trailer for um, most anticipated game <laughs> two years in a row. Yes. Elden Ring. Yeah, this time uh, focusing on the story of the game. So the George R.R. R. Martin penned plot. Uh, it looks like what people want. So I'm glad for all you ring heads. <laughs> in addition to the Sonic 2 movie trailer, we got Sonic Frontiers trailer. Yeah, uh, open world Sonic game. Potentially, yeah, looks here. It was interesting how similar the vibes were of this trailer to that Kirby and the Forgotten Lands trailer we got at the Nintendo. Lots of open there. world. Yeah, it's very funny. Yep, uh, new horror game called Splitterhead. Yeah, uh, I guess that's from one of the original directors of the Silent Hill franchise. So while it's not a new Silent Hill game, sorry, um, it is at least something from that guy, and it looks really creepy. A uh, new trailer for Lord of the Rings, colon, Gollum. A game that I keep forgetting exists. <laughs> and Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Yeah, which you're still very jazzed about. I'm still very up on it. They had uh, Will Arnett uh, come on stage, too, alongside Ashley Birch for that. Yep. It's pretty cool. Uh, there's also Star Trek, colon, Resurgence. Okay, is it just me, or did this look really ugly? Oh, no. this It looks, looks terrible yes. looking. So this is a, the, uh, made, a team that's made up a bunch of former Telltale Games people. Dramatic Labs. And yeah, it looks like a, a Telltale-esque version of a Star Wars, Star Trek story. But ew, the graphics look bad They're in this blocky. thing. I don't know if it's just because it's early, but the, the lip sync on the faces looks bad, and the, just the design of the characters looks really bad. It just looks not like not good. I don't know. It's super blocky. It looks like a 360 game yes. that's been up is what it looks like. Yep. 
that yeah we'll see i mean if you're if this is like your trailer shot right there right (laughs) it's pretty plain that's pretty bad uh there's also an arc raiders reveal yeah in mark studio some ex dyson battlefield people yep and uh not rebel verse but uh matrix resurrections and awakens so yeah they showed a clip from the upcoming matrix resurrections movie uh which is super meta which makes me even more curious about what that movie is gonna be yep but then also announced and showed footage of a Unreal Engine 5 game that takes place in the Matrix universe that's all running real time. It's kind of an interactive movie experience. I have not downloaded this. It's PS5 and Series SX exclusive. Mm-hmm. I have not downloaded this, but it seems like it might be cool. Um, it's a tech demo. You can go around, change the lighting, change, uh, play, yeah. play God mode in it. Right. Um, and it's I've seen some pictures of it from my friend uh, who yeah. also has a PS5 running around. It's like, yeah, this is like, he's posting it on Facebook. He's like, these aren't actual photographs. This is yeah. from the real Unreal Engine 5 game. Yeah, it's from that game. I'm like, dang. It's a cool looking tech demo it's with cool some light demo. gameplay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, I'm kind of excited for the game. Yeah, could be cool. Could be I, cool. I, yeah, I should have tried that last night. I just didn't. Right, same. Um, I played baseball I'll, I'll instead. <laughs> Uh, we'll get to what I played instead. Yes, we will. Uh, we had the Expanse uh, by Telltale series, by uh, Telltale Games. You scroll past it, but Rumbleverse, uh, uh, which is a cool-looking um, uh, wrestling-esque brawling battle royale game, seems kind of neat. I thought that looked cool. I don't know. We just had like a bunch of like similar style games come out, we did, but or announced. It looked kind of neat, though, and it's. From Iron Galaxy, who this is one of their few original projects. They're usually like a team that comes in for ports and stuff. So it's cool to see them doing something. Looks cool. Uh, and then we had Tunic. Expanse. And yeah, a new trailer for Tunic, which will actually see its uh, real release in March. Yep. Uh, Homeworld 3. Yeah, they make another Homeworld. Yep. Crossfire, Nightingale, uh, (laughs) PUBG Battlegrounds. And new Cuphead DLC. Yeah, yeah, that seems like Cuphead fans will be excited about that. Yep. Uh, announcement of Thirsty Suitors. Yeah, a weird, like, fighting slash dating game, potentially. Not too dissimilar from Boyfriend Dungeon. Yeah, except this time, instead of it being a roguelike, it looks like there's some fighting influence on it. Seems neat, and seems also from, like, a like an Indian perspective, it seems like. Some cultural, like, some, some different mm-hmm. uh, kind of cultural... Family dynamics. It's neat. And lastly, if you couldn't get enough Dune, <laughs> well, Dune colon Spice Wars yeah. will be coming soon. Not the first time Dune has been adapted into a real-time strategy game. <laughs> Just the most recent version of that. Yep. So there you go. Yeah, overall, uh, weird Game Awards this year. I felt like it was a little uneven. World premieres. A lot of world premieres, but not a whole lot of big deals outside of, like, I don't know, the Wonder Woman game, I guess, and... Um, Elden Ring and Matrix. But a lot of the existing stuff we knew about. Not yeah. a whole lot of, oh my god, they're making this kind of moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I mean, when they did have, like, your usual suspect of big news drops, like Hideo Kojima, it was just to introduce other news stories. Really wasn't anything mind blowing this year. Then on the awards side, uh, you want to start at the best award? Or yeah, let's just go to the more expe- more uh, the big surprise, which was Game of the Year, which I did not see this coming. No, it takes two one out of a packed Indie field. Darling. 
Yeah, um, I was sure that Metroid or Death Loop had this. No, It Takes Two is your big winner. So uh, fuck the Oscars man himself, Joseph Perez, finally won a Game of the Year award at this <laughs> show. So you know what? Congratulations, I guess, to that guy. Yep. Congratulations to Hazelight Studios, even though EA is the publisher on this. Yeah, yeah, it's an EA original, like what they're calling their like indie program. Right. But yeah, people played it, liked it, if not for some weirdness involving, you know, couch a divorce. Game. Yeah, yeah a, a divorced couple and the like the effect of a child on that. I don't know. This is probably the most like the the most uh, divided I've heard of anybody on a game this year. I heard people who really really loved it said it was the best co op experience ever, and then people who were like, "This story is super super awkward." So you're saying fifty percent of people actually like this? Yes. Almost as if fifty percent of marriages end in divorce. Ah! Ah! Really, really wrap that up for us. So what uh, else won? Uh, best game direction went to Deathloop. Yeah, sure. Best ongoing game went to Final Fantasy XIV Online. Seems adequate. Seems to make sense. Yep. Uh, I yelled when best indie game went to yeah. Kena. I bet you did. Spirits. Real excited for our neighbors in the in orange there. Yep. Uh, best narrative was surprisingly Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't see this as a huge surprise, considering this is the one thing that people are talking about with that game. Well, it's like, it, the conversation's usually, yeah, the combat's okay, but the story's actually interesting. Well, see, I thought it was going <laughs> to It Takes Two here. No, weirdly but, enough. When, it locked, when both Deathloop and It Takes Two locked yeah. here, I was like, yeah. well, they're not going to win anything. I right? was hoping for Life is Strange here, but uh, you'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> but Deathloop did win Best Art Direction. Makes sense. Yeah, well-deserved. Uh, best score went to Nier Replicant... Version 1.22474487139. Yes. Yes, I had that memorized. Etc. I mean, we can skip some of these. Um, games for Impact Award went to Life is Strange. I also think that that's well-deserved well for stuff that that game does. Yep. Uh, best mobile game went to Genshin Impact. Sure. Uh, best VR was Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Seems like a neat game to adapt yep. there. Metroid, or sorry, Metroid Dread won Best Action Adventure Game. Yes. Well, as Returnal won Best Action Game. That Both of those check out to me. It's weird that they split them up there, but... Well, yeah. Metroid yeah. Dread has a lot more exploration than Returnal does. Yep. Um, we also had Best Role-Playing Game for Tales of Arise from mm-hmm. Bandai Namco. Best Fighting Game went to Guilty Gear. Strive. Strive. Uh, family went to It Takes Two. Well it seems like everybody who's played that game was very quick to say, don't play this with your children. Yes, don't play it with a family. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Horizon Four, uh, Forza Horizon 5 went for Best Racing. Age of Empires 4 for Best Strategy yeah. Game. Uh, it Takes Two also won Best Multiplayer. Yeah. Well, it's co-op, but multiplayer. Yeah. And then, uh, as we mentioned, Elden Ring, Elden Ring for Anticipated Game. <laughs> and League of Legends for best esport game. Yeah, when you get into kind of the esports stuff. Yep. So yeah, overall oh, weird yeah, and year. And also for best esport event for the 2021 League yeah. of Legends. So overall, weird year. Felt a little more ad heavy than usual this year, even though it's all usually ads. Um, and just honestly, just yeah, felt like a whole lot of nothing. Uh, so I don't know. It's all right. I don't know. I mean, congrats to Hazelight for it takes yeah, two. I guess so. Uh, but ultimately, kind of off year i felt for the game awards yeah i mean next year we're gonna get a lot of heavy hitters yeah oh the one thing i thought that was weird was um what was it halo one 
Yeah, it seemed like the only uh, category in which it was nominated was in the fan-voted category. Right. Um, so maybe that was because the fan votes happened during its release window, whereas the critic-voted ones, that game had not come out yet. Uh, wait, where did it win? Again, it was like the the one category that was voted on by on by fans on their website. Oh, okay. So it may not even be listed in this round. Yeah, I don't see it listed here. So yeah, it, it, so yeah, that's why I think it was weird because they probably had put that posted after the multiplayer went out. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, because like Halo wins after being out yeah. for one day. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I think a mostly multiplayer kind of put that in in its spot. Right. But that's a perfect segue because if we are done with the news, we can talk about. Games we've played. All right, and you happen to play the Halo Infinite. I have campaign. played the first two missions of the Halo Infinite campaign, and I'm happy to tell you, hey, you like Halo? This is good Halo. Oh, it's actually good Halo. It's good. It's that good Halo. Ooh. So yeah, the game wisely, I think, to a lot of uh, in a lot of ways, decides that four and five did not happen, and picks up largely <laughs> where uh, you felt the series left off in three. The, or reach an ODST if you want to be expand that universe to okay. include those games. Yes. But yeah, this uh, feels like classic Halo in the best kind of way. Starts off in a little bit of a in medias res kind of way where uh, Master Chief's in bad shape and you're trying to figure out why, who is uh, attacking him and what's going on. And you're trying to, and you basically are you find out what the not plot is as you go on. And in classic uh, Halo fashion, the Chief is awakened. He needs to find a weapon, and you need to get right into the war and start, hey, start going. This sounds like the opening to Halo 1. Yes, it's very similar to how Halo 1 starts and also how Halo 3 starts. And how Halo 2 starts. It's very traditional. <laughs> yeah, they've tried to make it as traditional uh, to make you nostalgic for when Halo was a huge world-beating franchise. But yeah, gameplay is exactly what you expect. That triangle, combat triangle of Halo still works here. Mm -hmm. It's still melee, grenades, guns. That's what you're relying on. A lot of the weapons are returning from the previous games, but a couple of new additions uh, spice things up a bit. Um, enemies are still a, a good mix of Covenant and Brutes, just like in 3. Um, it just feels like Halo. Um, so far, it's taken a little bit more of a platforming direction than I wasn't anticipating. But, thankfully, there's a tool to help you with that because you have a grappling hook now. Hey! And the grappling hook feels great. You know they stole that from um, Titanfall. <laughs> it definitely feels like the one from Titanfall. It's definitely influenced by that. But hey, I'm glad that it's taking influences from good games. <laughs> um, because, yeah, it feels really good in, in action. It even works with combat because you can even, like, uh, grappling hook over some of those explosive barrel equivalents and toss them in and shoot in midair. Um, some really cool combat scenarios already. And um, yeah, it just it's, feels tight, feels good, just like a Halo game should. And I played some more multiplayer as well. Um, and still, still fun. Except I wish there was a hopper just for Team Slayer. Because it's basically just a one quick play option for everything. So you will get tossed into Capture the Flag, Oddball, um, zone control modes, even if you just want to play Team Deathmatch. That is one complaint that I have seen online, is that yeah. you can't choose you can't. what mode, you also can't vote yeah. um, on maps. It's essentially, there's only two hoppers. There's that and then big team battle hoppers. Right. So either if you want to do the vehicle stuff, which I don't really care about, you can do that. But then, yeah, the fact that it makes you do objective modes, it is kind of disappointing. Um, my round yesterday that I played 
I didn't get a single match of Team Slayer. I went from three variants of Capture the Flag, and that's all I got to play. I was disappointed. So yeah, hopefully they'll add to that in the future. It's not great, the setup that they have, but the good news is that the game itself is a lot of fun. So if you want Halo multiplayer or campaign, I am happy to report that Infinite delivers both, and the quality experience is for the both. So the better version of the past Halos that we've gotten then? I think so. I think it's the best Halo has felt in a long time. So yeah, if you're lapsed like I was, didn't really love 4 or 5, this will bring you back to the fold. I think it's really good. I just wanted to see how long ago Halo 2006 or 7. 2007. 2007. Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> so almost 14, coming up on 15 years. Yeah. It's been a long time. A good single player Halo campaign. Like how the Google people also add, is Halo 3 the best game ever? <laughs> Maybe. Recently asked. Frequently asked questions. So yeah, as we've reported before, you won't you have to wait till maybe May to get campaign co-op, which is a thing that a lot of people I know wait to play campaign with mm-hmm. so they can play with their friends. But I recommend you give it a try anyways, solo. I think it's a very interesting campaign so far. Okay. Yeah, that's Halo. Okay. Uh, we'll probably have more when we come. Yeah, as I continue playing more of the campaign, I might update uh, a little later. But for now. Okay. Only scratch the surface. And then we swapped games. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, games that we played based on our recommendations. Yeah, I'll be really quick. I played some Canada Bridge of Spirits after your recommendation. Uh, you've let me borrow your, your rented copy. And yeah, I um, think it's an interesting game so far. I've only gotten a few hours in. Um, I've gotten to the point where I got the bow and arrow and I was uh, a tasked to... Um, uh, clean up some uh, corruption at some um, shrines, three shrines, in order to find the next path. Um, I started out kind of mixed about it. I felt a little mixed about it when I started because I was like... Okay, I, I realize where you're at. Okay. You're at the stone door and you're trying to get into so the stone door. I got in the door. So, okay. So here, I guess, before I continue. Where, where I'm at I, I is... I just realized where you're at. So I got the mission. So the mission was clear up these three shrines and then that'll open the path to this tunnel that you need to go through yes and then the next objective is to clear the tunnel yes so the problem is is that on my map it says to go to this tunnel i need to pass this uh, clear the corruption to open up the door yes i cleared the corruption the door didn't open it's a red laser door that i cannot go past and i don't know if it was a glitch i don't know if there's something else i need to do but i looked all around that area and i cannot find anything that opens up that door okay did you talk to the guy <laughs> Yes. Okay. Didn't do anything. He just said, uh, I don't know, like... Did you do the shrine? I did all three shrines. There's four. Well, I mean, I did, like, the three shrines opened up the door to, the, I guess, the last one. I went in there and activated it. No, there's four. It did... It, all right, we'll talk about it's it. It's not marked on the map, though, so I don't okay. know where to go all for right. that. Anyways. Anyways, I, I'm of two minds about this. I think it... Well, one, it is... A, amazingly pretty it's yes. one of the best looking games i've ever seen the lighting is incredible the detail on the environments is great the cutscenes look like you said like sometimes border on like pixar quality they put a lot of work into the look of this game and it looks great especially on my television i think um ratchet and clank is the only thing i got close to how the, how good this game looks on that tv um yeah just looks incredible gameplay wise though i'm like i go back and forth with it I think that the combat's okay for what it is. Um, I don't love the fact that 
and it, it reminded me uh, the way that em- enemies are on a sometimes are on an infinite loop until you close the uh, the the portal thing reminded me a little too much of uh, Gears of War and having right. to throw grenades into the pits. I don't love mechanics like that because my instinct is I want to just kill all the enemies until they disappear. I've had that happen too. So I don't love that, but that's not always the case. It seems to go back and forth with whether or not they expect you to do that. But because they go back and forth, to mm-hmm. what it sometimes throws me off. Sometimes I'll think, oh, I need to be looking around in the environment for something to shut the faucet off. And sometimes there's not. And then I'm like, okay, so is this... And I never really know which scenario I'm in. However, I do like the puzzle design in this game. I like that um, after a certain point, they trust you. I think it's after you get the bow and arrow, they start trusting you more and be like, eh, you can figure this puzzle out. And sure enough, I did have fun figuring those puzzles out uh, where I was like, oh, I wonder if I shoot this thing with my arrow, what happens? Oh, it's a it's a big bungee thing that to- but moves me over to the next spot? Cool. The game didn't tell me that. I figured that out on my own, and that's really cool. I like that part of the game. And honestly, I think the combat gets better, too, when you unlock that bow. Being able to kind of do pot shots from a distance yep. helps you kind of prepare. I'm also playing on the easiest difficulty. I chose story. Oh, I did that, too. Yeah, because I was like, you know what? I've heard that the combat gets harder, and I'd rather not get too hard, because I feel like this is a game I don't necessarily care that much about the combat. So yeah, I'm going back and forth with it. I like some of the exploration. I like the kind of relaxed atmosphere you get when you are looking for the next thing because you kind of just go to different paths to find things. Kind of remind me a little bit of the feeling of uh, the Bioshock games Mm. where you're kind of like, what's in this room? I'll go over here for a second because I know I can come back. The design is open, but it's not open so much that you feel like you're not. Kind of like what we talked about Metroid last week. Never feels like you're going to get lost lost. So you can at least go to a little, like, uh, direction this way and come back and not get completely thrown off of your your thing. That being said, it is kind of frustrating that I kind of hit a wall, uh, literally here, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm just missing something obvious, and I don't know what it is. So I'll play a little bit more of it, I'll see how the rest of the game treats me, but I, I mostly like my experience, but I don't love it yet. So I don't know if it'll it'll push me over the edge. Okay. Trying to remember, did you put a mask on? So I put my mask on and nothing happens with that door. Okay. So I don't know. Well, I'll I'll mess around with more. All right. But you, but I, the game that I played, the game that you recommended I play, yes. which came out earlier this year, Life is Strange: Colon True Colors. Yes. Now, like you, I'm only what first place. Right. I got through the first place. Met just met everybody. Or at least the core cast of characters. It's cool. I like it. Yeah. I like what Deck Nine did. Okay. Um, I can easily see this getting very heavy in oh, themes. Yes. Uh, right from the jump. Um, yeah, right from the jump. Um, there's some arguments and fighting, and I like <laughs> the different color palettes yes. that it gives to everyone. Yeah. Depending on their mood. Uh, it's. I want to see where this thing goes. I'm oh, kind of yeah. excited for this. I'm excited for you to see the rest of it because, yeah, it goes some real crazy places. Right now, I'm checking out <laughs> the mountain, which is like still oh, the first act. Get ready. That's where I decided to stop. Like, okay, this is a good place to stop before I get into like so, this yeah. section of the story. You're now. right before the introduction of the the big game mechanic. Okay. So the big puzzle mechanic is coming. 
Oh, so that way. So we've seen a preview of it. We've seen a preview of a version of it, but you're going to get the real, like, oh, this is what I'm going to have to do with this. Oh, man. I didn't know that. Probably, uh, that could have kept playing. In the mountains, something key do. happens. Yes. All right. So get ready. You're about to hit the the. the I'm big, about to hit the reason we the, play this thing. The first big moment in this game. All right. Well, I look forward to that. Yeah. And you guys should look forward to our end-of-the-year podcast stuff. Yes, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we are wrapping up 2021 as it was in our podcast feed. So if you want to hear us wrap up movies, television, video games, and music, not necessarily in that order, by talking about the news that was and our top five favorites in each category, you can do so on the feed in the month of December. Just look for those episodes starting to a drop. But if you want to listen to our regular-ass podcast, you can still do that, too. Thank you for joining us this week. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Normal Media Boat Podcast. You can watch that live on YouTube. If you subscribe to our channel, you'll get notifications for when we go live, usually on Saturday mornings. You can also see archived versions of that. If you want to find that, just go to YouTube, search Media Boat Podcast, and you'll find our page. And like I said, audio versions of our podcast as well as our year-end wrap-up shows are available on our podcast feeds across all sorts of podcatchers, whenever you listen to your podcasts on. That includes iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Google Play, whatever you listen to for there. Search Media Boat Podcast. We're also on social media. Twitter, our handle is Media Boat Cast. Facebook, search Media Boat Podcast, find our page. You can email us questions, comments, feedback, anything you want to say, we might read your questions on the show if you do so. Mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com is that email address. All right. Thank you for joining us this week. We'll be back next week for more, hopefully uh, more movies, more television, more video games, more music. I don't know. Yep. Next week will be our last regular scheduled um, Saturday yes. podcast. Yes. We'll probably put out our regular episodes on Wednesday to, as we get into the holidays here. Yeah, we'll see what but we can do. keep a lookout to your news feed because we will still have regular weekly episodes, Indeed. as mentioned, in addition to the end of the year wrap-up stuff. Indeed. So look forward to that. In the meantime, have a good week. Yep. We'll be back next week with more thoughts, more news, and more everything. More everything. Bye. Right, bye. Bye.